if we can take back local control, if we can take back the gates of our city, then we can be the nation that God envisioned for us. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Today, we are joined by Laurie Cardoza-Moore, founder of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and she is a respected go-to voice on the front lines of battle for ideological, social, moral, and religious uh, minds of this generation. As special envoy to the United Nations for Human Rights and Anti-Semitism on behalf of 44 million Christians, to her leadership in the State House through her organization's anti-Semitism awareness resolution, Lori is a tireless advocate, a homeschooling mother of five. Lori was original wake-up call was the discovery of anti-Semitic and anti-Christian, anti-American content in children's textbooks, which is going on today. We're going to talk about that. The revelation of the early seeds of indoctrination of America's children began her quest to bring awareness and change through every avenue she could reach, legislative, media, advocacy, and ultimately the development of PJTN's programs and documentaries that are shared to educate on a mass level, and they've reached many people. Through her programming in support of Israel today, she reaches over 95, 950 million, we should just say a billion, we should just round up, potential viewers on a regular basis through a network of close to two dozen TV affiliates and satellite broadcasters. Lori also serves on the Tennessee Textbook and Instructional Quality Control Commission, which is why she joins us today. Lori, welcome to the program. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. It's great to be on the program today to talk about this issue. Well, awesome. Let's get right into it. Uh, talk to our audience a little bit about something that you're an expert in and that you've been fighting tirelessly uh, toward for, for a long time, and that is uh, why school curriculum uh, review is important, uh, and especially in government schools. Well, we found out how important it was a decade ago when in Williamson County, a parent, one parent um, whose son came home from school one day questioning his faith, wanting to know who had legitimate rights to the land of Israel. Um, of course, she began to question her son who had been homeschooled um, K through eight. He was in his first year, only been in school for two months when he came home questioning the validity of the scriptures. And when she started to look into his textbook into the instructional materials that were ha handed out that day in the classroom, she was shocked and appalled at two, two references that she had seen that basically legitimized, one quote was a quote, legitimizing Palestinians blowing themselves up in a Jerusalem restaurant because they were waging a war against Israeli government policies and army actions. There was also a quote in there because this is a, you know, this is Williamson County. We're very pro-Israel. We're very, you know, evangelical Christian churches on every corner. Um, and this is what her son was taught. But then there was another quote that accused Israel of being occupiers in their biblical homeland. And so this is what really started um, this whole effort that we have now found ourselves in. Um, we went before the school board, we met with the teacher, we met with the administrator of the, the high school in Franklin, and um, basically the school board put together a committee to review the textbook cover to cover. We took the time also to review that 
textbook cover to cover. And that's when I realized that not only was there anti-Semitic and anti-Israel quotes, but there were anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian, um, pro-China content, pro-Marxist content that was being peddled to our children. And when I saw this a decade ago was when we started to sound the alarm and warn parents across the country. This is not just Williamson County. This was happening across the, the, the nation, actually around the globe in all Western countries. This whole revisionism in education that is taking place is happening in the Western countries, go figure. Um, but anyhow, we started this, this campaign. We used, we leveraged media. We started um, producing radio commercials, telling parents um, who were listening to conservative talkers or um, Christian talk radio, uh, what, their, what their children were being taught in the schools. And what happened was explosive. We ended up getting, we had a standing room only school board meeting in Williamson County. We basically all lined up and told the, the local um, the school board at that time, we want these textbooks, we want this textbook removed. And if you don't remove the textbook, we told them, we're gonna replace every one of you. This is an election year. And we were serious about that. That was April. Well, the school board voted against the wishes of the community to keep that textbook. They didn't think that the issues in the textbook were egregious enough to, re to remove it. And so we went to work, the community did, we mobilized and we found four, five, I'm sorry, six candidates to run and the community got behind these candidates. They worked on their campaigns. And of course, come election day, six of those school board members were up for reelection and all six of them came down in one election cycle. It sent reverberations across the country. Fox News picked up the story. They ran with it for two weeks. And we, that's when I started to see the totality of the problem nationwide because parents, and citizens were making their kids bring, or their grandkids bring their textbooks home. They were finding the same similar content. Remember, we're using basically the same curriculum across the country with a few variations, but it's basically the same garbage that we're peddling to our children. And I was saying back then, a decade ago, warning parents, if we don't, and, and even the Republicans, the conservatives, if we don't get rid of this curriculum, then we're gonna lose our kids. Our kids are gonna turn on America because of how we were being presented. And of course, now here we are. We've got monuments being torn down by our young people. We got young people who are completely uneducated about American history because of the, the revisionism that's going on. But one of the, the, the bright spots is that people have decided to start taking a stand and take back local control of their communities and their children's education. Well, I'm excited that they are, um, and I have never seen, and I've worked on, you know, U.S. Senate, U.S. House, state and local races, and even in the Tea Party uh, days, I have never seen uh, mothers who were previously disengaged, could not tell you what a state senator was, the difference between county and city government. They have been shaken awake, and they are doing some great things. Yeah. Tell me, what are some of the subtle ways, because the left, it is very subtle. And I often say, well, you know, the devil's not lazy. He's very sneaky. 
And uh, what are some of the subtle ways uh, left-wing educators try to sneak things like CRT, anti-Semitism, communism, and other harmful ideologies into our <laughs> curriculum? Because it's never overt. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, a more recent example here in a moment. But you know, kind of unpack the strategies so that our listeners will not be caught unawares as they review their own curriculums. Yeah, well, one of the great, the, the wonderful things that parents can do if they're interested in looking and trying to find this, this content is to get their children to bring their textbooks home. You know, and just as an aside, one of the, the silver linings in the cloud of COVID was that when our children were forced to come back home and see the leftists, these did not prepare for this. The Marxists weren't thinking about what would happen if our kids were forced into lockdown that they had to be schooled at home by their parents. They did not plan for what happened because once the kids came home, once they went into their virtual classrooms, the parents were getting, I, I, was, I received several documents from parents in Tennessee that, um, that basically they were sent a waiver that they had to sign that they would not go into the privacy of their child's virtual classroom. Now, whether that virtual classroom was in the child's bedroom or at the kitchen table, the parents had to sign a waiver that they would not go in, that they would respect the privacy. Well, first and foremost, that should be a red flag to parents. Because if our children, if we're sending our kids to school and they're being taught, they're supposed to be taught how to read, how to write, how to add and subtract, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, then what is so personal about our children and their classmates that we have to, we have to hide to protect the other students in the class? That was one thing that, that should be a, a, a bellwether. Parents should look for things like that. Now, I don't think we're gonna go back into lockdown, but in the event that we do, parents do not sign the waiver. Um, listen, sit in and listen. And that's what happened. Parents were sitting in, listening to the conversation, listening to what was being taught. And that's when parents started getting outraged because that's when we started to hear from people again. We, they, they were finding this information. This is what was being discussed. Parents wanted an answer for this curriculum and this content. And unfortunately, you know, the school board, the local school board didn't have a, a a response that was that the parents appreciated. And so they challenged the status quo, which is critically important because we're all responsible to fight this battle in our own neighborhood, in our own county. But there are other ways. Now, right now, as you all, as you know, I serve on the Tennessee Textbook and Instructional Materials Quality Commission. We're in the process of reviewing math textbooks. So you would think that math, there's no way there's going to be any critical race theory or any garbage in the math curriculum. Oh, yes, there is. And parents are getting, getting ready to see this. In fact, I received a document. It is a curriculum, and this is for teachers. These are, this is for educators, but it's called A Pathway to Equitable Math Instruction, Dismantling Racism in Mathematics Instruction. These are exercises, listen to this, for educators to reflect on their own biases to transform their instructional practice. Well, we saw this back in Minnesota when the Minnesota school districts was requiring, they had 
a director who was traveling across the state to admit their bias, to admit that they were racist. And these teachers had to go, it was required training for the teachers to go through this training process. They would have, it was an exercise to admit how they were biased, how they were racist, um, whether they were you know, against blacks, against Muslims. Um, and then of course the, um, the racist information was compiled and then the teachers would be required to go and use that same instruction for their classes to deconstruct racism. This is absolutely outrageous. We are not a racist country. Who we were back in this during the Civil War period is not America as we are today. But is this, all of this started, if we go back, because I always listen to politicians, what they're saying, what they do, and if you remember, when President Obama became president, his first trip internationally was to Egypt. And he went on what was termed a, um, an apology tour. He went and apologized for America, for America's history in treating um, the Arabs of the Middle East. That's when all of this began. Um, we see Common Core came in, of course, in 2006. We saw it come into the United Nations, where Bill and Melinda Gates introduced the concept of Common, common Core, which is also part of the, the whole process of indoctrinating our children and turning our children against our country. No longer do we teach our children in math, because we're talking about this subject matter, we're not teaching our children that two plus two equals four. Now, if, you, if a student does a math equation and they come up with the wrong answer and that student happens to be black or a minority and they come up with the wrong answer, well, the answer isn't wrong for them. And you have to give them a, a, a grade for them trying, but no longer is math definitive. We are changing math instruction. And they're, they're changing this based on the notion that children of color are treated differently than white children. Well, you know, I grew up in the 70s. I went to school with, of course, people of all different races. I was born in, and raised in South Florida. So we had, you know, people from all over. It was an international um, city. We weren't a racist country. We aren't a racist country today. But the way they present all the information to our children in the classroom our children think that they are. In fact, we had a great example just last week. We heard, you may have also heard about a six-year-old girl who came home from school asking her mom, am I an evil person? Am I racist? This is from being in the public school system. This is what, this, this is the subtlety of what our children are being taught. And it doesn't matter if they're in high school because they are reaching into kindergarten schools as well. If you enjoy Tennessee, news coming to you conservatively, please do support us, guys. We run on grassroots support. I know every conservative is just like, I'm going to watch this stuff for free. I'm going to read this stuff for free. Somebody else is going to give. Please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. You can click the link. It's either above or below this video. I don't care. Ten bucks a month, five bucks a month, fifty dollars. If you give fifty dollars, we'll send you this wonderful, proud Tennessee conservative Tumblr. If you put criminal race theory into this, and you close it up and you shake it, you know what comes out? No racism, because this strips it completely out. 
uh, maybe some people in a public education in our universities and our chambers of commerce might need something like this so that they can get back to basics in their humanity, treating people like people instead of like animals, which is how you, you would treat animals is classifying them by their appearance and not by the content of their character. Additionally, when you give any amount, we will send you this directory of state senators and um, state representatives so you can contact them in support of their reforms to the school to keep this critical race theory out. Please go there, guys. We run on grassroots support. If I don't have any support, we can't continue to do this. So please go there and give whatever you can. Uh, the liberals are giving. Uh, that's why we are outnumbered 80 to 1 in Tennessee. So we need your help. I know here in Tennessee, um, there's this alarming pattern where you elect a Republican governor and you elect a supermajority. And yet, for whatever reason, um, Lori, they decide that they want to uh, put left-leaning California-style um, administrators in the highest echelons of our government education system. And, you know, we've got Penny Schwinn. I don't know if you were around when she authored the Orwellian Child Wellness Check. That was a beauty. And then now we've got, uh, I guess, the, the Robin to her Batman, Rachel Maves, who is a supporter of this equitable kind of dumbed down math for all situation that you're talking about. And all this does is it puts government um, school children at a disadvantage. I transferred into a school, Grassy. Grassy, you know that it's pretty rough when it's called Grassy. There are cows across the street. There are cows to either side. And they did not have advanced math. So when I went to take the ACT, I had to go through remedial courses just to be able to compete for scholarships. And ultimately, I did. After eight tries, we took it from a 36 to uh, whatever it was, like a 26 to a 32. You can learn to take a test. But uh, it puts them at a disadvantage. Uh, why do we keep putting, why in the world would a, a, a conservative uh governor and a conservative supermajority, if they are conservative and not just Republican, why would they allow these kinds of appointments? Well, I would look at the most glaring one that involves me personally, and that is the fact that the Speaker of the House in Tennessee appointed me to serve on the textbook commission. He took heat for six months and he did not buckle. I've had other legislators or elected officials appoint me for other positions and back out because the pressure was too great. So there are legislators that we can count on that will do the right thing because they're out there. But we the people need to do our portion. With regards to the governor, this is a uh, this is an anomaly to me because Governor Lee knew two years before he was going to run for office what we were doing in Williamson County. He knew what we found. I had a long conversation with him. And in that conversation, he told me that he is considering running for governor. He had not made his decision yet, but he said if he decides to run, he wants to sit down and go over what we have found with regards to education in Tennessee. Well, that day never came. And unfortunately, I didn't, you know, I didn't wanna keep calling him and asking, I waited. I knew he was running his campaign. Um, then election day happened, he won, and I still hadn't heard from him. And then inauguration day comes by, came and went, 
still hadn't heard from him. And I did put a call in to request a meeting and I met with one of his aides and that was the extent of it. There was no um, follow-up. There was no, you know, send me the information, show me, you know, what you're finding, um, none of it. So it's, it's very disconcerting when you know that you've got elected officials that you've, you know, or that say they are going to change or reform education and they're gonna, you know, education is gonna be a priority of their, um, of their administration but then you don't see the evidence. In fact, you see the evidence contrary by the appointments like Penny Schwinn, um, like Rachel Mays. And I put the blame squarely in Governor Lee's lap because Governor Lee is the leader. And he's got, he, he obviously, which is really strange because he signed into law back in May, a critical race theory bill banning CRT in Tennessee. But then four months later, his commissioner of education, who obviously didn't get the memo, decided to hire a math equity expert, Rachel Mays from California, who happened to be the deputy superintendent of, um, of, of schools, of um, I believe it was education in California. And you know, she's, her values do not reflect our values when it comes to math. And certainly it doesn't reflect the values of the governors who said he is banning critical race theory. So my question is, why would Penny Schwinn hire someone with that kind of expertise? And someone from the governor's office did contact me and we had a conversation and I shared all this um, with this individual, that it was very disturbing that um, what we, what, what we were witnessing was not evidence of the policies that Governor Lee espouses. And actually it goes contrary and there's not been any word, there's, it's been silent on this issue. There's not been any comment come out of the Department of Education or the governor's office to explain why would, you, would your commissioner of education hire somebody who's an expert in equity math which is CRT, critical race theory, why would you hire somebody when that's not where you're taking education? That's not the direction you're taking education. So it's important that we the people, um, we need to speak out because not sure why, you know, the other thing that really is a huge red flag for me with our leadership is why did Governor Lee take a $34 million check from Bill Gates for education here in Tennessee, when Gates is the same individual who publicly stated that he wanted to control population, world population using vaccines. Now, not to get into the vaccine debate, but who would say something like that? Control world population? And that's the person we're gonna invite to give us $34 million toward hmm. our education um, here in Tennessee. It doesn't make sense. These are things that don't fit together. If this is Governor Lee's narrative, if this is what he's going to do, then why is he putting people and bringing people into his team? Because Bill Gates made it very clear. That wasn't just a one-off check. He's gonna be in Tennessee for seven years, he said. Now, I'd like to know what his plans are for education for the next seven years. 
Why has he come into our, our state? These are questions I have for Governor Lee. And this is an election year. He's going to be, um, he's got an election that he's going to have to prepare for. And this is something that all these moms that are showing up at these school board meetings, they've had enough between the wit and wisdom curriculum that we have, we're using in Williamson County, which is again, critical race theory curriculum. And of course, compliments of Penny Schwinn, she brings it in. And again, Governor Lee is silent. He's not speaking out. This to me, his voice speaks loudly in this area. And this is something that we as Tennesseans, we need to be serious about. Because if our elected officials do not represent our values, then it's time to replace them. I agree. And, you know, if you just look at the test scores, I mean, it used to be we were like patting ourselves on the back because a third of kids could read at grade level. Now it's approaching grade level. That's very, I like the nebulous language they use. And right now it's down to a quarter, about 25% can read at grade level. And then the thing they never report on, which I love the left-wing press in Tennessee, there's this little column to the right of it called mastery. And that's where you actually know what the heck you're doing. And those numbers are like 5%, 8%. And it, it just continues to get worse under his leadership. And he made those you know, 10 for 10 campaign promises. We can trot those out. And he has accomplished one of them. And that is creating an office of a religious affairs, which I'm sure will set the world on fire because every time you create another bureaucracy, that changes everything. So I've been equally disappointed in that regard. So recently we saw a red wave in Virginia. Uh, you could argue that historically that red wave always happens, uh, but it hasn't <laughs> happened every time in Virginia. Um, what, what do you think uh, the implications are of that, and in particular um, in Tennessee, as it relates to the Republican primaries, because you know we are so red in this state that they're you know all of the action, so to speak, politically and legislatively is is inside the Republican supermajority. What do you think is going to happen? Well, there are a lot of citizens out there that know the difference between somebody who shares our values, Tennessee values, and somebody who is a rhino or doesn't share our values. And that red wave did not just hit Virginia. We saw in New Jersey, we saw the, the gentleman, the truck driver, who only spent $150 on his campaign win his election. We saw school board races across the country. You know, there hasn't been much focus on those school board races in local offices, even, to, even out to Washington state. We saw, a backlash of parents and citizens. And you know what? We've been, we've given our elected officials the benefit of the doubt. They come up with these great grandiose excuses and we believe them and then election cycle comes and we vote for them again. You know what? It's not gonna happen this time because everybody, parents and citizens, we the people have awakened. And it is, um, it is sending a message to legislators across the country, not just here in Tennessee, but throughout the country, that we are paying attention. We are taking back local control of our communities. And that's one of the campaigns that PJTN has been doing. We've, we've spoken in 90 school districts across this country over the last decade. And a lot of those counties and school districts, I repeatedly go back to, to to retrain, to 
organize these communities and we are seeing people again taking back like what we saw in Virginia we're seeing races where parents are organized they're educated and informed um, a lot of parents are starting to pull when it comes to education a lot of parents are pulling their kids out of the public school system they figured you know what if I was able to homeschool um, with public school education, with public school curriculum, why can't I do this with the curriculum that I know is true, that is accurate um, with my kids? Because Tennessee, as you mentioned, is sorely lacking when it comes to education and has been for many, many years. I started homeschooling my children because I looked at the, the numbers in Tennessee and Tennessee back then was ranking 44th to 48th in the nation when it came to education. And my husband and I decided to bring his company home. We put the studio on the property. Um, I did my business from my home office and I homes we homeschooled our kids. We tag teamed. And it was the greatest experience that we had ever done. And now our children are solid. They are grounded. They know how to think critically. Um, they can make um, arguments for their positions. Um, I just, I know that more and more parents are starting to do this. And, you know, and having said that, we can't just homeschool our kids and then check out of the system. We are still citizens of this country. And that requires us, we the people, to be engaged in what's happening. And our focus is local politics. It is bottom up. It's getting rid of your school board members. And I'm telling you, clean them all out. I don't care if somebody says, no, they're on our side. No, it's time to go. They've been there long enough. It's time to bring new people in. School board races, county commission races, city alderman races, mayoral races, state legislative races. Everything is on the table in 2022. And I'm telling parents and citizens, you need to know where your elected officials stand because if they do not represent your values, then you need to work to get them out of office. Enough is enough. It's up to, we have this government, we're in this situation because we were lazy, we weren't paying attention, we're not educated and informed. I tell people all the time, you need to go to Hillsdale College website, you need to do your Constitution 101 class, it's free. We needed a, a refresher. We need to teach these things to our children because our children are not being taught about our constitutional republic. And that's very dangerous because this generation that is coming up, they're not even gonna know that their freedoms are being sucked away from them because they don't know, they can't even read um, uh, uh, longhand. One of the most dangerous things that we ever did in education was when we removed longhand, making our kids write in cursive. Because if, you can't, if our kids can't, if we can't write in cursive or longhand, then we're incapable of being able to read it. And if we can't read it, how can we read the original founding documents? And if we can't read the original founding documents, then we don't know when our rights are being stripped from us, like what's happening right now. Well, when I got out and started raising cane two years ago and then started this October a year ago, and we've grown very fast, people thought I was uh, out across, you know, out over my skis because I saw what was coming. And, you know, 24 months later, here we are, and people are finally starting to wake up. Uh, what are some practical things? I'm a big fan of practicality. When yes. you run campaigns, like I always hear the campaign manager talking in the other other room and I always raise the money and I'm like, that's all great. That's good. That's good stuff. That's good highbrow stuff. What are we going to do today? So what yeah. are three or four things? If you're going to, the moms listening, the dads, 
uh, out there, uh, grandparents, uh, what are some practical things uh, above, you know, you can educate yourself past the point of diminishing returns rather quickly. What are some practical things that they can get out there and do? Well, the first thing, as you said, is education. We have to be educated. And I want to encourage your audience to go to our website at pjtn.org. We've got a lot of um, resources there, information um, about global history, um, U.S. history. It's very important that we understand the truth from a Judeo-Christian foundation. Because like what we're doing in Florida with Go under Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis just had a complete rehaul of civics education. He called for an emergency review of civics education, which is what we're going to be doing in January in the legislature to review the civic standards to make sure that they are accurate and that they, if they need changing, we're going to change them. And we, we did that. We were involved in that. He's got the most comprehensive civic st standards in the country now but we need to educate ourselves. Then we need to start showing up at our school board meetings. Even if you've never been to a school board meeting, go and sit and listen. And don't just go to the one that's public, go to the work session because that's where the work happens. Get their agenda. You can download the agenda. All you gotta do, go to the website for your local school district, You know, download the agenda for the next school board meeting. Look at what they're gonna be talking about. And if there's something that is of concern to you, contact your school board members. Like right now in Williamson County, for example, we want wit and wisdom out. Who in the world approved wit and wisdom? Why is it being used in Williamson County schools? This is not only critical race theory, it's pornographic, it's dark, it's suicidal. There's, it's unbelievable what they're teaching our kids to think. Nothing about educating them, teaching them how to read, how to write, how to add and subtract, no. It's about socializing our children and changing our nation. So that's what, what you can do. Um, you need to get to know your school board members. How many of, of the people, and I, I ask people all the time everywhere I speak, how many of you know your school board member? Raise your hand. Typically, maybe one or two people will raise their hand. The majority of people don't even think about it. These are the most important races, ladies and gentlemen. That's why George Soros funds them. School board races. Why? Because they hold the keys to the future, our children's future, and the future of this republic. And he's been investing in these races for a long time. So we've gotten wise, but you need to know who your school board member is, where they stand on these issues, how they vote on these issues, and then follow them. That is important, but also your state legislature. You need to know who the members of the House and the Senate Education Committee are. You need to have them on your speed dial. So when something comes up legislatively, you are able to, to call them or you can email them to support legislation because we've got a lot of things that we are gonna be working on. I'm, I've got a meeting coming up next week. Um, there's a lot of things that are, we're gonna be working on to reverse the course. And we can't reverse the course, ladies and gentlemen, if you think somebody else is doing it. The, you know, I tell people all the time, the cavalry isn't coming, we're it. And either we're gonna step up and take back local control. It's really the Nehemiah principle where God told Nehemiah when he was given the authority to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, he went to people who lived in front of sections of that wall and then went to leaders who lived in front of other sections of the wall and he convinced all of them to just rebuild your section. Well, the Bible states 
that they were able to rebuild the walls in record time, 52 days. But as they were rebuilding, it didn't come without a fight because ladies and gentlemen, the enemy has come in to our neighborhoods. They're not gonna walk out because we've exposed them. There's gonna be a fight and you have to be prepared for it. And you've gotta have, you gotta grow thick skin now because they're gonna say all kind of manner of evil against you. But you know, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. It was Jews and Christians who made the sacrifice. It was George Washington who sent his military in to fight against the Brits. And it was Heim Solomon, a wealthy Jewish banker who bankrolled the American Revolution. And that man who gave all of that money to Washington and also was Washington's fundraiser. He went to other members of the Jewish community, told them to give their money to Washington and his troops too. And of course, we know the rest of the story. We won, but, but Heim Solomon died without a dime to his name. He was never paid back by our government. That's the investment that the Jewish community and the Christian community has made in the founding of this country. And we have to fight for it once again. We must unite. It is people of faith, Jews and Christians, that started this great nation. And it's up to us to take back local control, which eventually we will take back our nation because you don't, on these local races, you don't need as many votes and you don't need as much money to win. Let that be, let, let us ponder and think about that. We can do it if we organize our community. And all of these organizations, these grassroots conservative organizations, we need to unite together. We can't fight this battle as one organization alone. It takes all of us together utilizing all the gifts that God has given to each of us and then pooling our resources together and taking on this battle. We can I, win. I agree and I appreciate you giving that little history lesson because people need to remember it uh, regarding the founding of our nation and the faith that, that undergirded it. And in my opinion, the sovereign hand that was upon it. Before we leave, talk a little bit about your Taking Back America's Children campaign and you know, how people can get involved with that and where they can learn more about it, because it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. So Taking Back America's Children is a campaign that we, we organized a couple of years ago. And really it is mobilizing, educating and activating communities across this country. And specifically as it pertains to Tennessee in Tennessee, but I know you've got listeners everywhere else. But if we can take back, as I explained, if we can take back local control, of our school districts, of our county governments. Remember in the Bible, the county seat or the school board or the, the city um, seat are the gates to our community. And if we can take back local control, if we can take back the gates of our city, then we can be the nation that God envisioned for us to whom much is given, much is required. We are, I am speaking to groups all over the country. And if you want me to come and speak to your county about how to help organize you so that you can get involved, we would be delighted to come and mobilize your group. But that's how we take back local control. We win the battle county by county, state by state. And right now we are focused on Florida, of course, Tennessee, Texas, and California. And a lot of people say, California, and I say, yes, look at what happened 
they had 2 million votes to recall Newsom. I have been saying for many years that Californians have been busy not paying attention to what their government is doing. And so they just, they kind of dismiss them and let them get away with what they've gotten away with. But since COVID, Californians are even waking up. We know that many Californians have left California. So if we can just be responsible, our campaign for taking back America's children is fighting the battle on the local level. That's how we win. And I just wanna remind you also, when you go to these school board meetings, take your kids. And also just to reiterate, education, go to the website, pjtn.org. Watch the videos that we have there. There are historic videos there that will teach truth about our history and the history of Israel and the Middle East that your children are not being taught in public schools or in a lot of charter schools or private schools. Sit down and watch those videos with your kids. Have a conversation. Then invite your neighbors. Have a, a, a movie night in your neighborhood or at your church or your synagogue. Watch the films and then have a community discussion about what you just learned and what you can do, how you can apply what you learned in your community. This is the key for taking back our country. It's taking back our children and telling the opposition, you have had our kids for long enough. We're taking them back. You know, we're, we're also reminded in the word in Judges 2.10 that there arose a generation who knew not the Lord and what he had done for Israel. Well, we can say that America is that same nation right now. History does repeat itself. It sure does, and quicker than you think. And as, uh, as Solomon there said, there's nothing new under the sun. It is all right. vanity and striving after wind. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. So go to PJTN. That's the easy way to remember this, that peanut butter jelly, Tennessee, short for Tennessee, PJTN.com. Laurie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate what you're doing in the fight. If we can ever help you, let me know. God bless you. This has been a huge help. Thank you for helping us get the word out. Well, God thank bless. you. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative. I hope you've enjoyed this program as we have. Until next time, I'm signing off.